Sona, this was a very nice day today. It was. Because uh, over here at our headquarters, we got this great gift, Tillamook ice cream. I'm a monster for ice cream. I know you are too. I want to take a bath in it and then I want to eat Eat the ice in the eat the bath. Wait, what? I want to like bathe in it, yeah. but then I want to eat it as I'm bathing. In yeah, it. yeah, that's a simple concept. You made it much more complicated. I know, I'm sorry. Fill a bathtub with Tillamook ice cream. I will get in it, and then I will eat my way out. Yes, that's all okay, you need to there do. There you go. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have so many great. It's such good ice cream, and they have so many great flavors. I mean, just off the top of my head, I I don't know. Birthday cake, caramel swirl, banana split, caramel toffee crunch, chocolate chip, chocolate chocolate chip cookie dough. I think there's butter pecan cookies and cream, French vanilla, chocolate peanut butter. Malted moose shake, I think, is one. I can't remember too well. Mounted huckleberry, Tillamook mudslide, Marionberry pie, monster cookie, old-fashioned vanilla, Rocky Road, Oregon dark cherry, waffle cone swirl, peppermint bark. I'm, I don't, I'm just going off memory here, but <laughs> holiday sugar cookie, orange and cream. Anyway, so many great flavors and uh, just incredible. You know, they they really put, and they come in family-sized cartons. Mm. Also, you're in good hands with the Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products, and the brand is farmer-owned and led by dairy experts. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. I'm going to spell it for you. That's how much I care about this product. T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Hi, my name is David Spade. And I feel sort of excited about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hello and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I believe we're going to have a very good show today. I'm in a good mood. I'm feeling good about things. Sona, you say sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, if I come into the office, you said you came in hot. Yeah. I'm joking around with sort of a rougher edge. Today, I think I'm in a, a pretty good mood. Yeah. When you're in a good mood, I've noticed you kick people a lot. Like <laughs> when Matt O'Brien, your head writer, comes in and you're in a good mood, you try to kick him through his driver's side window. Okay. Which is uh, so screwed up. It's so screwed up. So I'll tell you, this is, uh, you know, these are COVID times and we have to be careful. And so we are shooting our show over at Largo Theater on La Cienega. Uh -huh. And Matt, who is like a younger brother to me, and, and I just want to make, yes, coincidence. He has the same last name, but we are not related. Uh, very talented uh, head writer, very talented guy. And I've known him for years uh, and we work closely together. And I swear to God, as you know, Matt and I wrestle sometimes and it gets a little, we've, we've, we throw stuff at each other. It can get a little, um, it's a little rough and tumble, wouldn't you say, Sana? I would say it's very unprofessional too, yes, honestly. Yes, yes, I guess that's another way to look at it, unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah. So the other day, Matt pulls up in his car and he had sort of, he's wearing his mask and he had lectured me about how we have to be on our best behavior uh, because, you know, of COVID. And he always likes to lecture me about that. And for some reason, he put his window down to talk to me. And so I'm standing there in the parking lot outside the Largo Theater and I started, I have very long legs. 
I started trying to kick him through his open Jesus. driver's side Jesus. window. And he was like saying through his mask. Now, here's what's crazy. I'm wearing a mask. He's wearing a mask. I am six feet away because I've got really long legs. And I'm trying to karate kick him through his open window, which is hard to do. And he's saying through his mask, this is insane behavior. People can see you. And I'm saying, I don't care. I have to right now. I just have to. And I wasn't even, I love Matt O'Brien. I'm not yeah. mad at him. No, I just, no. I had to. It's like whack-a-mole. I saw his head. I had. I saw his head through an open window and I had to try and kick him. And then you talk about it on a podcast with a million listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But what well, I'm trying to say is that's my way of showing affection. That is an, yeah. a classically, you know, repressed Irish Catholic's way of, of telling another man, I have affection for you and I admire you, uh-huh. is to somehow try and injure them. That is that is really how I behave. There's no higher compliment than to be physically attacked by me. <laughs> well, so, that's also how we know you're in a good mood. You know, it's crazy. That would be the way that most people would know you were in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite of affection. I know, but I know. Well, t- who can say what affection really means? I can, and the rest of the world, it's the opposite of affection. Does affection? Who can say is affection? Hugging and kissing and and yes. making someone feel better, or uh-huh. attacking them violently and causing them pain. Nope. Everyone has their own definition of what affection is. You and Michael Myers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and sociopath. No, no, no. I um I don't think a day went by when I was a kid when I wasn't being manhandled by one of my brothers or was manhandling someone else in my family. We were always just manhandling each other. That's how we communicated. Huh. Okay. That's healthy. <laughs> You That's mean, okay. as, as you being sarcastic, you saying you think it's unhealthy? Yeah, I think it's unhealthy to hit people and be like, it's how, that's what my parents used to say to me about when my brother used to hit me. They'd be like, that's how he shows you he loves you. And I'm like, why can't you just hug people? Boring. Oh, Boring. come on. Because everyone does hug. I don't want to <laughs> hug. That's not how I show love. Um, do you hit your children? I try. <laughs> I chase them. They're faster than me. And uh, they're, I think, both now stronger than me. And does it work the opposite? So if you hug and kiss someone, you hate them? Like yes. Godfather to Fredo, it's just the kiss of death? Yes. Matt, every time I see you- Yeah, big wet one. I give you a big wet kiss on the cheek and I say, Gorley, I know it was you. <laughs> You bro- and then I say, you broke my heart. And you keep asking me to go fishing with Al Neri. <laughs> Don't do it, Matt. You know what I love is that on The Godfather Part 2, uh, and if this is a spoiler for you, then your life is sad because you should know this. <laughs> but I love that it's like Fredo's going to take Michael's son out on the boat, you know, and he's going to come fishing. And they're like, yeah, just one more thing. This famous hitman is going to sit behind you in the boat. Oh, okay. Yeah, is it okay? He's just going to sit behind you in the boat. That's fine. <laughs> and the kid's not coming this time. Guess what? Yeah. The kid can't make it, but the hitman's still going to go with you and sit behind you. All right, then. That's okay. I'm very suspicious. I'm always very suspicious when I, if I want to go fishing or on a ride and someone says, can this famous killer sit behind you on the way? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that's when I ask questions. That's just me. <laughs> All right. Well, very excited about our guest today. I've known this, uh, I'm going to call him a gentleman. Call him a gentleman. Oh. I've known him for so many years. Of course, he's a hilarious actor, comedian, who was, of course, a cast member on Saturday Night Live. And uh, we actually worked together on that show back in the day, back in the early 1920s. He starred in such movies as Tommy Boy, Joe Dirt, and Grown Ups. He now hosts the new Netflix talk show, The Netflix After Party. And uh, I really am excited. David Spade, welcome. We've known each other 65 years, I think. We've been friends a long time. We met uh, at SNL, probably. Oh, wow. You've given this a lot of thought. Um, (laughs) I think. You don't even remember? I remember exactly when I met you. Oh, you do? Really? Yeah. Uh, And clearly it had a huge impact (laughs) on you as well. I was a writer on Saturday Night Live. (laughs) You were? (laughs) (laughs) It's Conan. Conan. Uh, And I, uh, this didn't happen often, but Lorne invited me along to check out 
cast auditions at a comedy club. I saw a bunch of people uh, audition that night. And uh, then Rob Schneider auditioned that night, and I think he did well. And then you, yeah. and then you got up, and you were doing fine. But then, <laughs> but then at the end, you just threw in an impression of Michael J. Fox. That's oh. one of the better celebrity impressions I've seen. It was just completely spot on, and no one did a Michael J. Fox, and you did it, and. Uh, I think that clinched it for you. And then afterwards, Ron was like, I, I liked uh, Schneider and uh, I, I, I like Spade. Yeah. Michael J. Fox guy. Yeah. Michael J. Fox guy, which he called you. He called you Michael J. Fox guy for the next seven years. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Uh, you know, that's funny because the impression definitely saved me because I'm not really an SNL type guy. I'm not really like a man of a million voices and characters and I don't sing and I don't play guitar and all that shit that would really help on that show. I didn't even know back then, but that would really help. So SNL was never in my sights. Uh, I wanted to ultimately work up to being a headliner comic. That was really it. And Dennis had warned me, Dennis Miller, this is this is great advice where you're going. He goes, Spudley. I go, there's not that many people. He goes, Spudley, you don't want to kill too hard. That's a red flag. I go, so don't do good? He's like, nah, it's, it's, a, it's a warning sign that you're a fucking road hack. And I go, so, and they're like, Bringing up next, I go, so I do do good or I don't do good, you know. I think he was screwing with you, frankly. Yeah, I know, believe me. I don't need Spudley coming into my action here. I'm doing just fine without him. Fucking nipping at my heels, yeah. I remember you showing, hanging out for the first time, and I got the impression that, like, Schneider, he got really tight with the head writer, Jim Downey, right away, and he was right away. and he was getting stuff on and he was always you'd like knock on Jim Downey's door and no one none of us could get in there to see him and you'd open it up and somehow Schneider was in there <laughs> and and he was working Downey and getting stuff on the air and I remember I'd be working on something with Smigel or Greg Daniels or Odenkirk and I'd be working uh, coming up when I do or working on my own thing and you'd always come by late at night at like three in the morning and you were real kind of nervous and you were like what. What's, uh, how's it going, guys? Uh, anybody got, what are you working on? And anybody want to put my name on their sketch? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I don't have jack shit. But you know what else? And this is something that I, I like to remind myself is the person who also seemed equally unsure and equally nervous was Chris Rock. And people yeah. refuse to believe that because Chris is such a, confident, you know, superstar comic that if you tell mm-hmm. them that he used to like peek in and go, hey, uh, anybody got anything? What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? I, uh, yeah. I got nothing. <clears> hundred percent. <throat> uh, and, and, and I tell people that and they don't recognize that Chris Rock. They think he could never have been that person, but that's what's- They, what they see to- like the Panther pacing in his act and killing and doing his specials and right. the confidence. Yeah. Well, just to bore the fucking shit out of everyone, we'll cut this out later. Obviously, I don't even know if we started yet. Oh no, no, none but, of this will be. None of this will okay, be in. Good. In fact, I, I doubt. I doubt you'll get in at all. I, <laughs> I want to get in. The, is yeah. this my audition episode? This is it. This is your audition for the podcast, and okay, uh, good. but this won't ever. This will never make it. That's okay. You'll see. This is practice stories. Uh, <laughs> this is um, so Chris. We we came on uh, at the end of a season, which is sort of weird. Yep. We did four shows. And then me and Rob. And then Dennis is like, you didn't get anything on. That's not, that's a bad sign. I'm like, how can I get anything on? Everyone's great here. I've said this before, but fucking you were there writing and uh, Odenkirk. And you know what? I never, I never almost ever mentioned Greg Daniels. And I forget what a huge monster writer. Yep. And he was there too, just to make it that much harder. Cause, and Jack Handy's a genius. I mean, it's, to me, I think to everybody, but to me, I was always astounded reading his stuff going, he thinks so far out of what I even think. I'm like, what am I doing here? This fucking, how am I? I just have, you know, when you get there, you have a wooden desk and a yellow pad and a, and a pen. Right. And like Jim Henry or, you know, Ken Among or Downey even goes, hey, here you go. You share this with uh, that guy's name is Schneider. Go see it, read through. And then they all leave and no one's even at work because it's the middle of the day. So no one's there. And the people start trickling in and just go in their offices and close the door. And I go. Am I supposed to write it? What the fuck's going on? I don't know how to write a sketch. So there's no learning annex. There's no coaching. 
Uh, I've said before, you were very helpful. Uh, you, I think, are just a normal, nice guy down deep. And um, down, down deep. Down deep, <laughs> yeah. How, how down deep, Sona? How very, down deep? It's never been found. haven't found <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Right past the magma it. level. <laughs> you know, I, I think... I think uh, Bob Odenkirk is very sweet. I still do. And you're put in a cage like Gladiator. So I don't, I'm not even saying everyone has a gruff exterior. Everyone's just there to try to get their stuff on and, and, and do well in a very tough environment. So it's a tough world. So Chris Rock, you brought him up. He's a quiet sort of a sweet guy that when he's just talking, he's very nice. And that's why we sort of gravitated together because he could tell I was scared and I didn't have any like tough street smarts and I've never even been really to New York. I, I was from Arizona, never really been back East. I didn't know about accents. I didn't know Sandler's doing like New Hampshire, the Valancourt boards. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know. What, I go, they have a different accent. I, people here sound weird, but there's different ones. <laughs> and so I, I'm learning every day different things. But the fact that I hung in there by a thread, because you yeah. guys, when I go in to see you and Bob and maybe Greg and uh, you would put the pad down for a second just to say what you want to do is try not to have too many sets in it or try to, just some basics. But what was the thing that I'm trying to remember uh, the first thing you did where you felt that like, wait a me? minute. Yeah, that uh, this because everyone's got their sketch or their bit that they did that where they felt things turn like they felt, yeah. OK, I could make it here. What was that for you? So I, I write one about life alert. Old lady keeps calling life alert just to talk to people, <laughs> talk to the paramedics. You know? right. It's she's running out of ideas like uh, my hands in the toaster and it's on dark. Hurry. <laughs> and so but it, it got enough where Shoemaker put it early and then it did well. And it was I went into the board after and it was moved. So that meant they thought about it and they pull ones they like from all the sketches. You want to try it here? This you like this? No, here, here. <laughs> Spades update. Mm-hmm. And then Frank and now. <laughs> <laughs> now. So, now. He's horrible. So I almost got on. And then after that, it was real dry gold for a while. So the question you're saying is the following year, I was having trouble. And uh, Lauren told Brad Gray and Mark Urbitz, my managers, I don't know if it's clicking. So I was just trying and trying. And I think I got one a receptionist where yeah, I was a receptionist. Yeah, there you go. And then I think Lauren said, maybe write another one of those. And once he says that, you're in. Yeah. Then it was Hollywood Minute. And then Lauren really said, maybe one <laughs> this week. I go, we just did one last week. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to. Yeah. So you were going after people in Hollywood Minute and it could be vicious. Usually they have to have some sort of misstep to get on the list to make fun of. I'm not really going after them out of the blue. When I got it, when I left, I think they made fun of me in SNL like three weeks later. I was like, fuck, let me get out of the building. Uh, and then <laughs> I think Family Guy did a joke and then Simpsons did one. I was like, oof, like it's all in good fun, but I hate it. So I was on the other side of it going, oh, this does suck. Because I do, I did one about Jim Carrey once, but it was too soon because uh, I love Jim Carrey too. That was the worst part. So what happened? Did he? Did you hear from him? No, it was more that just the audience wasn't buying it. They loved him too much. Oh, I see. So they weren't they weren't having it. Right. Uh, but the ones I run into, I remember one time on 8H Lingo, I was uh, <laughs> right there by the uh, page desk uh, before you walk in. Remember there was no security there? I'm sure there is now, but you can just run out and tackle Paul McCartney if you wanted to. There was <laughs> no, like, no I, I shouldn't put this out there. I know there's security there now. So this, so only if you have a time machine can you use this to your advantage. But I swear to God, in the 80s and all the time I was doing late night, random people, and this is a true story. I remembered once yeah. Tom Hanks was on the show and I'm in a tiny dressing room talking to him before the show. And I noticed there's a guy in the corner who I just assume is like Tom's manager or something. And then yeah. I noticed the guy has like cut that weird kind of sunburn people only get when they're on the street <laughs> all the time. And I, and, and I sort of started to talk, Tom was talking to someone else and I started to say to the guy, so how long have you known Tom? And he's like, I don't really know Tom. And I, he's in a small room with yeah. Tom Hanks. And I wow. lured him. I was like, hey, uh, do you want to walk with me for a second? And the guy's like, uh, okay, yeah. And he came with me. He was a random guy who had taken a tour, just peeled off of the tour, was walking around, saw Tom Hanks in a dressing room talking to somebody and went in and was hanging out. 
He could have been a murderer. I was horrified. He's Uh, like, I have to get back to stab Tom. And you're like, well, two (laughs) seconds. I just want to show you where the band sits. (laughs) Hey, Conan's being really nice to me. Maybe I'll stab 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 Conan. So, uh, yeah, there's security there now. But so you're at the page desk and what's happening? I don't want to waste my stabbing on Conan. He's going back and forth. He's Uh, He's not big enough star. (laughs) And then I start arguing. You know what? I actually. I am. I have my uh, own yeah. lane. I, you could stab me and it would be a pretty big deal. No, <laughs> not really. It's a pretty good story. Uh, <laughs> you're right here. Um, so uh, I go in and just a random one. Cameron Crowe is there. So Cameron Crowe, yep. big director, writer, Fast Times, all these great things, who I worked with recently, who read my book, who's just out of the blue 20 years later, I see him, and the coolest guy in the world. But I was a fan of his, of course, from his stuff. And he goes, hey, this grabs me. Spade, Cameron Crow, just want to say hi. You, uh, blah, blah, nice, nice. And then I'm thinking, Cameron Crow, he's married to someone famous. And then he goes, hey, do you know my wife? And I start to go over and I go, oh, no. And it's the woman from Heart, Nancy yep. Wilson. Yes. And she goes, uh, hey, as I'm shaking, yeah, you said something really shitty about me and my sister. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. And, and I'm like, ah, it's all sinking in. I go, and one problem is I love heart. Again, I'm a psycho. I love heart, but I just said a joke that was a little rough. And then I said, ah, yeah, when you make a Hollywood minute omelet, you got to break some eggs. Or I said something <laughs> stupid like that. Oh, I'm sure and that, she's that like, smoothed everything over. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like laughing like, oh, of course. No, she didn't. She didn't like it. And um, then I went back at a concert maybe 10 years later and I asked to go backstage and see them to apologize again because I went to their concert because I love them. And they were pretty cool about it. They were nice about it. But I had to go back and just say, God damn, you guys are great. And what the fuck is wrong with me? But it was just trying to get on the show. I mean, I talked to Schneider about this. Like, you know, whatever it was, it, it's a tough place. It's hard to watch. You know, it's just hard to be there. You know, everyone, everyone heard the same stories. I'm sure they're the same fucking now when you're there. And there's 25 cast members. Like, unless you're a star, you're not going to be on the show that week. They're like, hey, you look like Ross Perot cast member and you go really and they go you know who else does matt damon <laughs> and they go, oh fuck i do think that sometimes now when i watch starting out live is, is uh i think it'd be a, it'd be tough to be a cast member now because uh they do this you know they they do this thing where it's like hey let's we can choose from any massive celebrity in the world to come in and play a part. I used, I used a hip reference like Ross Pro, And you know why I said that? I think because I'm still psychologically damaged from going, you look like Ross. I remember I called Smigel once. I go, I never call Smigel on the show. I go, hey, Smigel, there's this guy I saw on the news. You've never heard of Ross Perot. He'd be funny to play, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then on Monday they go, yeah, Dana's playing. Dana. <laughs> well, that's. Why do you want a better version? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, that's. And true. I go, he can't. He's doing Bush and Phil's doing Clinton. And he's like, yeah, we're going to figure it out with the latest technology where we're going to be able to have him do two and you do zero. I go, Fucking shit. <laughs> it's a rough place. <laughs> but when you're with. You guys and Mike Myers and Chris Rock and Farley and Sandler. I mean, holy fuck. You just look back and go, if you knew then, I just thought everybody's this good. What the, I'm in over my head. I'm like powder. I'm too fragile to be here. Like I'm stressed every day. I'm losing weight. I'm, my hair is brown in two weeks. Never been brown in my life because I fucking the sun is sunny for only eight minutes a day. If you're right between the buildings, like got it, oh, it's over. So, so I'm getting pale and sickly, and I'm eating pizza. I didn't have a glass of water for 15 years. I I didn't have any vegetables when I was there. Honestly, I just ate Wally Josephs and Huxleys and fucking garbage. And then Mal Nurse and I walked out of there going. I got my bell rung, and then everything was a little easier after that. Yeah. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. 
With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed mm-hmm. the great taste. Of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You were very tight with Farley back in the day. You guys were together at SNL, and that's where you ended up finding that you had a good chemistry together. And uh, I heard a story once. I don't know if it's true that he actually physically hurt you in a sketch accidentally. I don't. (laughs) Is that true? Well, one one time when he picked me up for one of the motivational speakers. He had to like spin backwards and we both fell through a table and it did sort of uh, jar me yeah. because I have a bad neck. And he's like, you acted like you were hurt. You fucked it all up. I go, 
I'm his wife. Oh, I go, I didn't, I go, how did I fuck it up? It was the very end. They went to a commercial. He goes, hey, you, you were slow getting up. I go, who gives a fuck? It's over. I was hurt. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> Wait, he chewed you out because you both fell over yeah. backwards and you did get hurt and he was mad yeah, at you for, for being hurt. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, an, uh, that's an abusive relationship. <laughs> so fucking funny, yeah. It was funny. He's like, ah, God. It's because, you know, his dad just yelled at him and then he turned around and yelled at me. So I went and tried to find an intern to scream at. <laughs> but I just, I actually, this guy sent me, you know, this is stupid, but on my phone, this guy, you'll laugh at this maybe. A lot of people get these pictures or tattoos, you know, like of me as Joe Dirt. You know, they send you, a lot of people get a lot of tattoos of stuff, like things you say or photos or whatever. Or they send me ones of Farley or whatever. So this, this guy sends me one of, he's got norm of all morons on his hand, Norm McDonald. So I text Norm. I go, I just send it to him. I go, hey, you have fans. And then I put in parentheses, fan. <laughs> all, all, all we know is for sure this one guy. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then of course, like days later, David, hello, it's me, Norm. How are you? Have you ever texted with Norm? It's <laughs> no, I haven't. No. Times a thousand. He just goes, he waits days. And then at three in the morning, Hello? I go, Norm, what are you doing? Are you answering me from four days ago? Is that what you're doing? Dave, it's Norm. Do you like money? (laughs) Yes, Norm, I like money. Why? Would you like to have more money than all your wildest dreams? (laughs) Yes, I would. (laughs) And then an hour later, would you like to walk into a dealership and point to a car and then just buy it? I go, of course. How? And then three hours later. Bet the over in the Blackhawks game in the first quarter. <laughs> first period or something. I go, oh, okay. Too bad that game was six days ago, you fucking idiot. You know what's funny is that that, that reminds me, I was just thinking about this the other day. Norm <laughs> was on my late night show and always an amazing uh, guest and yeah. some of my favorite moments. And he's, I know that Norm... Norm is in the uh, in the makeup room getting made up, and you know the band's playing. We're about to, I'm about to go out and start the show, <laughs> but I go in just to say hey to Norm. And what I want to do is make sure I like to get in sync with people a little beforehand, just make sure that you know we're both yeah, on the same page, going. get a good groove going. So I go in, the band's playing, and Norm's always great. I'm like, hey Norm, good to see you. And he's like, ah. Hey, can you, can you, can you back, back out of the way? I'm trying to see the, the television set. Can you back back up there, Conan? And, the and TV. I, the TV's on. And so I, I sort of back out of the way, and I realize he's watching some college basketball game. <laughs> and he's watching it. It's towards the end of the game and all this. And I go like, okay, well, anyway. Good, and he goes, can, can you be quiet? Uh, quiet. Hold on a sec. <laughs> and then... Someone scores a basket and he goes and it's the game's over and he goes like, ah, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm like, what? And he went, I just lost, just lost a lot of money. (laughs) My whole dirty work. Yeah. (laughs) Everything I made on, on dirty work is gone. (laughs) And, and I just went, oh, and he went, oh, I'm in a terrible mood. And I went, okay. And then someone with a headset said, Conan, it's time to go on. And I went, I'll see you out there. And he's like, 30 seconds. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) You came in and jinxed me. You jinxed me. (laughs) I'm going to fuck up your show. Um, I'm doing a show with the jinx. (laughs) You going to jinx my set? I know. He's so funny. I did his show on Netflix and it was so funny. And it was an hour or something of just random. We both didn't know what was going on. And it was it was actually hilarious. A, a, a forklift or something drove through the set. I'm like, Norm. <laughs> I did like it because it was so thrown together. It was it was yeah. just. Uh, and then he told me we were at a commercial, and I thought we were, and we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a that's and a so good that, trick. That's a great trick. It was I'm a great trick because then he goes, then he goes, yeah, then he goes. So anyway, what's really going on? <laughs> and then we start bullshitting about stuff I would never say. And then he goes, and we're back uh, out of the blue. I want to ask you, I don't know if you're, yes. if he's still with us or not, but I remembered having, this was like 15 years ago, I met a restaurant called Shun Lee 
It's on the <laughs> Upper West Side yeah. in Manhattan. And you were at a neighboring table with an, with an older gentleman. And I called you over and you joined us and it was your dad. And it was just Howard like this. It, oh, no, it was my dad. It was your dad. Uh, and and, yeah. and uh, I remembered you, you called him something interesting. You didn't call him dad. Pee-wee or something. Oh, we called him Pee-wee back then. Yeah, Pee-wee. He goes by Sammy, but he didn't like that when he was a, uh, one time when I was 14, you know, he, this was the story of he, uh, you know, he, he, he took off on us when we were four, six and eight, the boys. Yeah. So when he'd show up once a year and give me a Nerf football for Christmas, he would uh, hang for a few minutes. So one of those few minutes, he goes, he goes, you got to go work. What are you fucking laying around? I go, yeah, I'm just a kid. He's like, get a job, you know, tell him, you know, he doesn't have a job, but he's like, Hey, you got to work out there. And I go, I know, but I, he's like, hey, tough life, Davey. He's always giving me, like, tough advice. Life. Meanwhile, That's not advice. Tough life isn't advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough out there. Anyway, he goes, when I was 14, I'd have to lay cement when I was in Michigan. I'd put it down there in the big form and we'd go, hey, Pee-wee, you got to get your muscle. You got to push in there. And then I just push cement around all day. Tells me the whole story. And I go, so what did you do after that, Pee-wee? And he goes, hey, fuck you. Don't don't pick that up from the whole story. <laughs> and so, from, so that's the one job he ever had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing I cared about was they called him Pee-wee. And so the rest of his life, we all called him Pee-wee. And uh, uh, he was, uh, you know, it's a weird thing. He did pass away. I, mm-hmm. He passed away last week. So uh, it's definitely. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. Oh my and God. Oh, I'm okay sorry. You bring them. No, I'm no, sorry. No, I didn't no. know that at all. I just brought, I remembered having this really sort of amazing dinner with you and your dad. And then I, I had no idea that he passed away a week ago. Colin, and listen, I'm not, you know, I didn't make some press thing about it, but he passed away. And, you know, I look back on the fact that he was, I don't remember him being dad at the beginning because I was four, but then he'd pop in here and there. And believe me, I, I got a million jokes out of it. It was it was sort of, you know, it wasn't a great situation. A lot of kids have it, divorces and things. So I wasn't like the only one bitching about it. But it, it we, we, you know, we had enough to know him the rest of my life. And then it sort of faded out uh, in the later years. But, um, you know, it was nice. There's parts that were ni- nice. And I will look back on those funny parts and the fun parts because, you said nothing wrong. I mean, this is my dad who I've talked about a million times. Yeah, but you know, Someone it's, it what's weird. First of all, I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry that your dad passed and, and I can't mm-hmm. believe that, you know, I always keep a couple of notes on the side of things to talk about and your dad isn't even anywhere in the notes. He just popped into my head because I had this very strong memory being at Shunley and I think I was with my producer, Jeff Ross and seeing you and we turned out to be your father at, at another table and you guys came over and we all sat together and had this really great meal. And I remember you calling your dad Peewee and not really yeah, knowing, though, not knowing, I think I was aware, obviously having known you at SNL that you didn't have the most normal relationship with your dad because he hadn't been around. But I remembered that being a really great night. Uh, you were really making him laugh and I, he seemed just sort of delighted to to be there. I'm sure he was... I mean, evidently he was really proud of you. So yeah, he had a, you know, he had a, he kind of got a, a great scam going because he, he, he ran out on us, but my mom, you know, carried all the weight. So my mom, you know, we treat like a queen because she really hung in there. Three boys. I mean, what a fucking hassle that was and got us going. And, you know, we got older, he sort of came around sort of the timing of where child support would not be a problem anymore. You know, uh, we were like, I was like 17, 18. So, but then I started stand up. We're in the same town, so he started coming to the bars. This is in out. this is in Arizona, in Scottsdale, yeah. Yeah, and then and then I got to SNL, and so I'd have him come out there. He got to meet guys like you. He got to hobnob around, which I like my dad around, of course. And then Andy was doing started Kate Spade, so he's got that to sort of brag about with people he meets. He's got me on SNL, so that all is fun for him. And then you know we just sort of I think what happened is I had a daughter, and then it just was a different dynamic to it after that, and I. I didn't uh, love it. I thought, nah, I don't think I want. And then he was, you know, drank so much that by the end he he was, uh, you know, he had, uh, you know, whatever it's called when you get older, you can't remember anything. And so yeah, kind I, of, I kind of, have it too. Kind of dementia. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a dementia, a little bit of wet brain and drinking and all that. So that was hard to watch and it got toward the end. And then we put him up in, in Santa Barbara in this nice place and then I go see him. But listen, it's not, he's not going to be there forever. So uh, I'm glad you had a nice memory with him because 
there were a lot of really fun, really fun times I had with him. Is your mom still with us? I can't believe I'm asking without knowing. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, uh, my mom's still around. What if you said she? Mom, what if you said she died an hour ago? Oh God. <laughs> I said oh God. this just in, Conan. I just got a check. Oh God, I'm sorry. That's dark. That's really dark. No, but. my mom is hilarious and great and loves you, and she. She saw you. Uh, I hung out with her. I, I, Where was that? I hung out with your mom at um, it, oh, Adam's Ad, bar Adam Sandler's Sadie. Da daughter's Sadie's bar mitzvah. And yeah. I'm there and I'm talking to uh, this woman. And and this is I love hitting on. No, but yeah. but across the table is Dustin Hoffman. And yeah. Oh, yeah. and she's like, oh, my God, it's Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> And, starstruck. Yeah, and bad. she's really starstruck. And I'm trying to remember this because it was really funny. She kept saying, like, I'm going to go up to Dustin Hoffman and I'm going to tell him. And she was like, I love the movie uh, Tootsie. And I went, well, that'd be a nice thing to say to him. That, that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm coaching your mom. And then but you, she also said Amadeus yes, was her favorite. Movie. Yes. So that was the key thing is she said, I'm going to go. <laughs> she said, I'm going to go tell him. And I'm talking to her and there's loud music playing. And, and she said, I'm going to go tell him that I love Tootsie. <laughs> that it's like my fourth favorite movie because my favorite movie is Amadeus. And I said, I said to your mom, what's her first name? Yeah, I know. What's her first name? Judy. Yeah, I said, Judy, I have an, I'm just, I'm not telling you what to do, but in my opinion, what I think you should do is just go up and tell him how much you love. Just, I was editing her speech. I was saying, yeah. just lose the part about how it's your fourth I favorite. Just say, I love Tootsie. It's just one of my all-time favorite movies and skip the part about Amadeus. And she was like, but Amadeus is my favorite movie. Yeah, I know. And I went, I, I, I heard something. And, and I went, yeah. she's, he's not in Amadeus. And she's like, yeah, I know, but it's the best movie. And then I said, I just, and I said, trust me, trust me, just say I like Tootsie. So then I see her go over and the music's playing, so I can't really hear. And I see him smile really, like, because I think I can, I'm sort of lip reading. And she says, like, Tootsie. And I see him smiling. But then I see her talking more. And I, oh, <laughs> I see her, like, man, acting yes. out Amadeus. And I I see his face ah. kind of fall a little bit. <laughs> so predictable. Slow motion. I'm a dead. And I go, Mom, if it comes up organically, you could, because she goes, Conan says, I go, Conan's in the fucking biz, Mom. He knows. <laughs> we get compliments and we know. We don't want to hear. You think people come up to me and go, I love Happy Gilmore, then Waterboy. And I know you're, one of yours is up there. Uh, tell me your movies. And I'm like, but I go, Mom, lead with Tootsie and then stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same advice I gave her, but you and I both know that people will say something really great. And then they start talking about how you're like one of their 10 favorite comics. And you go, mm -hmm. oh, oh, well, that's that's good. That's great. Then they'll start listing some of the other people. <laughs> yes. And you're like, yes, I, that's a I, funny one. I hate those people. <laughs> no, you know, you did it without being mean. Yeah. I've had it. My two favorite comments are you and blank. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's the, the exact opposite. Like, that's my worst favorite comment. I like you. I, I like go, you and Kid Rock. I think you two are <laughs> the best. They do say that because we were in Joe Dirt, Cohen, and it's not a joke. He was unaware he was on camera. You tricked him into being in that movie. <laughs> oh, Kid Rock. I sharpen his acting skills, Conan. <laughs> you walked out of that movie going, that guy can act. <laughs> I know you did when you saw it. I did. Uh, but I get people that say, they're not even compliments, but the things they say to me. They think they are. And they're coming out and you know what I thought would be bad, but was only, it wasn't that bad was, um, and I go, whatever you're about to say, just don't say it. Right. I don't want to hear what, which one of my movies you thought would be horrible. They always go, I never liked you. And you know what? One almost won me over. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I, I go, I got in the vicinity. <laughs> What's your relationship like with Sandler? Do you guys hang? I mean, obviously you've worked with him a ton. You know, uh, it's like probably like you. It's pretty good. Like I, I, uh, I've always had fun work with him. We always joke, you know, I work for him and all that stuff. But overall, he's really just a dude that likes anything. You know, he's a New Hampshire guy that likes his buddies around and likes to bullshit and just do things. And I think, I think I'm known and you're known. But when you get so high like Sandler like that, it's. It, it, it screws my head at, at a certain degree, but with that ultra fame stuff, it's, and the, uh, and so much money, it's just gotta be, it's, it's a 
slightly weirder life. And luckily it's got Jackie and his kids that are great that are grounding is such a boring term, but they're all just cool and easy. And he's with them so much that I think he's in this bubble of uh, sort of a, a good, good people around, you know, and, and when you have that, it helps you. And it's fun to talk to. He's fun to text with. It's fun to see him. Yeah. I've never, if we do a movie, I've never, obviously I've I don't, not, never been in a movie. And so I've never worked with him. I resent it that I haven't, you know, there's, yeah. I could easily be a waiter or something in one of easily, his movies, yeah. but, um, but no, you know, you guys have your little, mm-hmm. you have your little thing and I'm not invited. Uh, my point is. <laughs> you always come up though. They're always like, what about Conan? And everyone's like, <laughs> And he's like, everyone voted no. And the whole time like, I just think people would be like, that guy? I mean, it takes you out of it. Uh, and he goes, what if he's cross-eyed? I'm like, I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> every single one of you votes no. Uh, every single time. Yeah, that was, that's probably the right call. But um but yeah, he also, he works for a guy who's achieved so much. He's always like telling me like, oh, buddy, I've got like six movies going right now and I got to do this thing and then I got to go there, buddy. And sometimes I want to say to him, you don't have to do all this. You could do anything. Yeah. You could do a little less. I mean, it's good to work, but you you don't have to. But he's very driven. He's very driven. Sit on your pyramid of gold bricks in your foyer. <laughs> all right. You could do that. Jesus Christ. You know. What? Is that dirty? Well, no, it's just, you know, I mean, come on. The guy. He's rich. Is he really, though? I think he's not, doesn't have that you much money. You know what? Money. You're right. I've never thought about it, Conan. Is he? He's really not that rich. I really. I've seen money in his wallet, but that's the only money. I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> There's no proof that Adam Sandler has really had any financial success in the business. There is a funny thing about his wallet is an old leather wallet. Looks like Costanza. It's got maybe $200,000. I don't know what's in it, but it can't even fold. <laughs> and he puts it on the table because it doesn't fit in his pocket. So you just look at it and go, God damn, just if I stole this and just ran. I don't even need the credit card. I don't need all that stuff. I'd give that back, but I could just take the money. He also has, uh, he'll never dress up. I think uh, for one thing, when he was up for an Oscar, I saw him starting, I introduced him at something and he was all dressed up and I couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, he's tough. I was at an Oscar party and he rolls in his Jets parka. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> I said, do you have to out cool everyone? Like just, I look like an asshole because I wear a suit. I, he's like, you're still doing that? And I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be at a, yeah, like, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll be at a funeral and he'll show up and he's wearing like, he's wearing, you know, sort of those long basketball shorts and yeah. uh, <laughs> and big puppy. Because he's big, either just played or he's going right. oh, on his way to play. Buddy, I, I'm wearing my buddy. best shorts. I'm so sorry. Uh, um, yeah, he, he he is a hard worker, though, man. Those movies, he he puts so much effort into them. He knows what he's doing, man. He's editing one. He's rewriting the next one. He's doing the one we're doing. And I love it. They're all fun. I mean, he is on the set. Everyone thinks he just screws around, but he he's in there. Yep. It's it, it can get serious because you're – you know, you're losing a lot. You're doing this. You're trying to get your shots. You're, you're, it's set up wrong. We're blocking's fucked up. We're trying to get everything done and make it the funniest. And, and you know, it is a real business at some point. Yes. You don't get it. But I don't get oh it. God, I, wish I, I wish I could explain it's it to you. It's just come to me too it's, easily. You know, just to- I see your dead eyes. I'm like, and I'm not getting to them about show business. I, just- <laughs> I really don't think of it as hey. a business. It's just having a lot of goofs and laughs. Um, hey, you know what? You have a hard out at one. So I don't want to keep you. I don't want to keep you any I have to longer. Zoom work. Eh, do you though? Or is uh, that just a thing? <laughs> is that a power play that you have to go? I think it's a power play. It's not a power play. It's just uh, tests have shown I'm fun for about 36 minutes. And then <laughs> after that, it's like it <laughs> spikes down. Yeah. We have you clocked at 28 minutes. And then it- I'm the Bitcoin of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm going to let you go. I, uh, okay. I am sincerely uh, just very sorry to hear about your dad. And, uh, but, um, cause I wanted to, you know, end on a down note, which is what I try and do. No, you listen, you were a fucking blast to talk to. I don't see you enough. So getting an hour with you is, uh, a great time for me. You, you know what I want to do? Pandemic. You know what I want to do sometime if you're up for it is, uh, Dana Carvey and I get together every now and then at a certain sushi restaurant pre pandemic. Oh yeah. And he's always, and he stole from me. Yes. And he always said, spade turn me onto this place. And I come here with spade. And I've always thought, why? 
don't I get to come here with Carvey and Spade? Why am I, there's some kind of rule and I started to get creeped out and think Spade doesn't want to see me. He, so. No, he won't tell me. He goes, oh no, he doesn't tell me. And then the waiter goes, why were we here with Conan and Carvey? I fucking was like, Conan O'Brien was in here. It was so fun. I go, I don't know. I would have. And then I go, Dana. And he goes, oh, would you want to go? I go, don't be an asshole. I, anybody I used to like and hang out with, of course, yeah. we'll fucking crack up. All right. Those dinners are so fun. I went there once with Dana, Dennis, and Kevin, and it's so fun just to watch those guys be hilarious. Lovitz goes there sometimes. It's like a good hangout. <laughs> Jealous. Hello. Hello. Does anyone Hello? recognize me? <laughs> Hello, celebrity in the house. Uh, God, Lovitz is still funny like yeah. that. He still says that. He's a hilarious guy. Um, um, listen, I'm going to let you go, but uh, be well. And let's, when this craziness is over, this pandemic thing, let's let's get, let's get, oh, well, let's go there. Let's get a meal. That'd be really nice. Yeah. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it? But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice to protect yourself from the sky high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time, don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I, it's not a good match. I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. It's time to go back in time for another edition of Big Dick History. (laughs) (laughs) How is this doing, by the way, this Big Dick History? We stumbled upon it the way one stumbles upon a large penis in life. And and then suddenly um, you guys are telling me we have to do it more and we have to do it again, which leads me to believe that there's been some kind of response out there. It's taking over the world. Wow. Big Dick History. Well, it's big. I will tell you, I'll tell you this. It combines things that people are fascinated by. It's uh, history and then um, penises. It's the only history I'll listen to. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I know you are really into like dates and details, but I'm just like, how 
big was the dick. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Well, if this is something that America wants, <laughs> then it's our job to give it to them. That's right. You're welcome. Um, I mean, this can't bite us in the ass. The, the bigger the dick, the bigger the fall, but who cares? We're going to do something today called Big Dick History, the quiz. Oh, Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Just buzz in by yelling your name if you know the answer. Okay. Number one. What historical figures, Swang and Wang, was described by a Time magazine journalist in 1927 as a, quote, maltreated strip of buckskin shoelace? (laughs) Wait a minute. Can I hear the question again? Sure. What historical figures, Swang and Wang, was described by a Time magazine journalist in 1927 as a maltreated strip of buckskin shoelace? Oh, my God. Is it Rasputin? Napoleon, Prince Albert, or Vladimir Lenin? Oh, uh, I'm going to say be... Sona. Yes, Lenin. Sona? Incorrect. Uh, I'm going to say Napoleon. Napoleon is correct. God damn yeah. it. Because oh, God. They, uh, they actually claim to have Napoleon's penis. So That's right. The others would not be available for inspection, whereas I think Napoleon's would be. My understanding is it's actually like a bookseller's. Keep in mind, a lot of this research is rumor-based, but for our purposes, who cares? Uh, You know, it's not only owned Napoleon's penis by a bookseller. Did you know this? It's used as a bookmark. The the, the shoelace. Yeah, Yeah, that explains a lot. Yeah, when this guy's reading Fifty Shades of Grey and he gets to a, he's tired and he wants to just turn in for the night, he puts Napoleon's penis uh, into the book and shuts it. Oh my God. After he uses it to floss his teeth. Okay, next question. What did you do? Oh, what did you do? Corley. How can you go too far on big dick history? You know what? You can and you just did. Using a dick as floss. (laughs) I think that's where we draw the line. For big dick history. Well, we had to find it. All right, Number next. two, actor Gary Cooper was nicknamed the Pennsylvania Pipeline, New York Pork, Old Faithful, or the Montana Mule. Uh, Pennsylvania Pipeline. That's incorrect. No, it's correct. No, it's the, don't start this again. <laughs> this is big you dick history. You have, to, um, you have to lose graciously. Yeah. Just try to lose graciously sometimes. Wait, what was the question again? I thought we were asking, what's the best way to get oil to Pennsylvania, to Philadelphia? No. Was that the question? It's about Gary Cooper. It's the Pennsylvania pipeline. Oh, yeah. The Montana Mule. Yeah. Sona, what's your answer? Go with Montana Mule and you'll win. Come I know I don't I don't want go to. Go ahead. Because if yes. I do, then I know that you did. No, go ahead. No, it's Montana Mule. I'm gonna Mule. go with Old Faithful, actually. It's Montana Mule. Fuck! <laughs> so nobody gets on. the point there. Oh yeah, but you know what? I get a point for telling Sona no, you what don't. was correct. Okay. No, you I don't. Knew it, no, because I knew it was correct, and then I told Sona she refused to take it out of foolish pride. Yeah. And she went down in flames. If you knew it, why did you say the Pennsylvania one first? Because I had a funny joke about how to get to oil to to Philadelphia. Okay, question three. That doesn't make any sense. You just, you got it wrong. And then you <laughs> nope, guess the always second win. time. So your chances of getting it right the second time were better. Nope, I always win. No, nope, you did, definitely didn't win. That one was wrong. So Conan was wrong yeah. on that one, Gorley? Yeah. Okay, okay, thank you. Conan O'Brien's Always Right was the original name of this podcast. Oh, You're God. giving Big Dick History a double meaning on this podcast. <laughs> Okay, number three. Let that go. Let's edit that out. (laughs) Athlete Wilt Chamberlain's big guy was nicknamed the Stilt, Big Dipper, Drill Bit, or the Bazooka. Sona. Sona. I'm going to say- I don't like, can I say something? Shouting out your name. You're winning and you're still somehow a sore loser. This is incredible. Uh, I'm going to guess the Stilt. That's not correct. Come on. All I have to do is guess. Conan, the remaining uh, choices are- Big Dipper, Drill Bit, or the Bazooka? We all know it's uh, the Drill Bit. Sorry, it's the Big Dipper. Yeah, I know. You got it wrong, Conan. I'm, I'm not sure if you knew that. No, I, here's the thing. I know the answers to all of these, <laughs> but by appearing not to know them, I don't come across as someone who's obsessed with penises. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known never to do a quiz. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, number four. Most infuriating person to do this with. Yeah. There's no Conan. worse. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the next question. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Juan Baptista dos Santos was known for A, a forked schlong, B, one main schlong with a tiny little schlong coming out of it, kind of like <laughs> how a xenomorph in the movie Aliens has one of those little things, <laughs> C, two separate working schlongs, or D, the biggest schlong ever on record. I'm in it, Sona. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, a double schlong. The two separate working schlongs? Yes. Or, or the one main yeah. schlong? Two separate working schlongs. That's correct. <gasps> Conan, I got it right. I just wanted yeah, to Yeah, I know, sure. but 
Did everyone notice that she has a hard G and she oh, went schlonga? Okay, see, that's what oh you're going to do. Schlonga. You're going to have to be schlonga. petty like that. That threw that's... me off. All right. Schlonga. And then I'm like, I don't even want to play when I okay, hear schlonga. Okay, you want to be petty like that. That's fine. That's okay. We're all tied up. I got it right and you got it wrong. We're what? What, We're what are we, Gwilly? up. Three questions okay. left. Okay. Thank you. We had a very popular, stunningly popular podcast until we took on this, oh, it's this ne- horrible it's never been bigger. This hor- this horrible turn <laughs> down this awful road. Okay. All right, go so ahead. mad he's Number tied five. with me. Though evidence is scant, Adolf Hitler is rumored to have had which two genital abnormalities. Okay, so you have to name both if you can. I, uh-huh. And yep. and if one person gets only one and the other person gets none, they'll win. Okay. One, undescended testicle. Mm-hmm. Two, missing testicle. Three, penile hypospadias, which is the urethra opens on the underside of the penis, or four, micropenis. Okay, I have the uh, answer to this. And I pick two or pick one? You, you pick two. Well, first of all, uh, one ball, missing testicle, is uh, is soldiers sang songs about it oh, uh, during World War II, probably propaganda. Okay. And um, then uh, the other would be uh, the micropenis. You got one right. You got the missing testicle. Micropenis is incorrect. Micropenis is a relative term. I think compared to mine, it would be a micropenis. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's the urethra one, where the urethra is underneath That's correct. A bit. So you each get a point here. Okay. Okay. There you go. It's all tied still. It's wow. tied, Conan. This it's is exciting. tied. The big dick history quiz, and we're tied. So. <laughs> Number six. Which classic rock star had his big old yam cast in plaster? I got it. Okay. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. That's correct. Nice. Oh, wow. How do you know that? Because I, <laughs> I own it. I own it. I use it as a, uh, it's a popsicle mold. Oh, come on. And, uh, yeah. Well, I just distribute them through the neighborhood. No one knows what they're really sucking on, <laughs> except that it's delicious and cherry. What an awful, awful road we've gone down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Final question. So- Sony, you can tie it up here, or Conan, you can take the victory. I want this. I want this so bad. Number seven. Errol Flynn once Mm -hmm. used his John Thomas to do what? Swat a fly, play piano, open a door, or hail a cab? Uh, uh, Me. Sona. (laughs) I know this one, actually. Play the piano. That's correct. Oh, was that what you were going to say? Yep. No, you know what? Now you're a famous lie. story. Is it? No, that's a famous, that's a well known story. Yeah, he played a, uh, a rag, a Baltimore rag. He played with his left hand and his penis. Okay. And apparently he did three shows a night. Oh, <laughs> I almost uh, believed that's a true, it. That true, you sto- know true story. It. He was a session musician. He appears on a lot of classic Bing Crosby songs, in the, just, but he's uncredited. <laughs> you can just hear in the background the piano, which is lovely, lovely playing. <laughs> God. Occasionally you hear a thwap. <laughs> Come but on. But other than that, uh, the songs thumbs. are, yeah. Okay. Then the tiebreaker here is I'm just going to see if you guys can guess the answer to this question without multiple choice. What is Jonah Falcon known for? Having a big penis. Uh, just Would you a care to l- elaborate? Large penis. But that's ridiculous. That's the that's the point of I, this whole. I quiz, know that's Sona. called me being so really you, good at guessing. I'm going to need no. more information. You're going to need more than that. It he that person had the largest. What penis. What could he do with it? No. What could he do with it? Uh, he made puppets, penis <laughs> puppets. <laughs> okay, Conan. Why don't you give your answer? Sona seems to have given hers, and and we'll see who gets. Can you, I hear the name you're again? You're stalling. Jonah you don't Falcon. Know. Yeah, who is Jonah Falcon? Don't you? Are you Googling? He is. I I'm see not your Googling. face looking oh down God. where your phone You're gonna is. You're going to be disqualified. Oh, my God. Googling. Conan, come on. I'm not Googling. Yes, you, what, what are you, are you looking doing? at your yeah. phone I'm for? Not, I'm no. not Googling. No. I'm not Googling. Why are you looking at your phone right now? I'm not Googling. You what have, are you, you looking at? four seconds. Three, two, one. Sona, you get the point. No, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to... That's ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I can't I didn't believe do you anything. cheated in Big Dick History Quiz. I yeah. mean, that's I a new low. Cheat. Yeah, that's worse than the flossing. No, that's not true. We all know that he's the guy that who claimed in 1999 that he had the largest penis in the world. Oh, my okay. God. At 13.5 inches. That's just something people know. Oh, my God. Really? 13.5? He has the largest penis on record, apparently. Yeah, but you know what they found out later, and this is a true story, that they, on closer examination, he had stapled four penises together. <laughs> He also claims to be the son of John Holmes. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, but oh. it's the st- it's the staples that gave it away. You can't do that. Can I just say one thing? If you're out there and you would like a larger penis, and that's something occasionally people wish for, stapling other penises to your penis is not the way to go, kids. Mm. It's just, it doesn't work, trust me. And uh, it's really no substitute for just liking yourself as who you are. The more you know. Uh, the more you know. That's my public service <laughs> yeah. announcement. Congratulations, Sona. Do you have to, any words? Wait, I don't see. Wait a minute. First thank of all. Thank you so much. I, you're I happy to thank win all the big by, dicks in history. What uh, a shitty way to win, Sona. What, congratulations. Uh, it's not shitty because you cheated. That's why yeah. I won. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, you won the contest of Bush v. Gore. Congratulations, <laughs> President Bush. What you a wanted weird way to, win to win so bad, you, you cheated. Needed this, you needed the Supreme Court i.e. Uh, Gorley, to step in and hand it to you, uh, despite the fact that I won overwhelming in the popular vote. How you didn't win. You got the your answers wrong, and then you uh, Google. Wrong. Okay, now you're attacking my hard Gs. That's what happens. This is I the win. problem. No, you don't. Come on. So, Default. So I win. Be, can you so be a grown-up? You have yeah. children. <laughs> You know what I love? No one gets it more competitive and angrier than Sona. Yeah. It's true. You got to oh, admit that, God, Sona, right? I get, imagine, oh my God, I am so mad right now. <laughs> I'm mad and I won. And that's the thing that pisses me off. Oh, you love this. You are the worst person I've ever met. My He's playing life. piano. Swap. I'm playing piano. Swap. He's got two of them. Why can't you say congratulations on your victory, Sona? Sona, to congratulate you on being declared the winner because of a rule in Because you cheated. In multiple choice, big dick history is the saddest win. I can imagine. And for me to congratulate you on that, to me, is beyond the pale. I won't do it. You cheated. It's okay. It's uh, your victory has been ratified. It's certified. You've won, Sona. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You feel good about it. And I don't. You're Trump, and I'm Biden. That's the way this is. It's not Gore Bush. But join us next week for Big Bush history. (laughs) Is this really what the podcast is going to become? Dicks and Bush and you snickering and Sona laughing. Is that I? I was trying to elevate the podcast. No, you were, and make it something. I was, and try and make it something special. And then uh, you guys come in with your snickering elementary school shenanigans. I won't have it. I won't have it. If you won, you'd be very different right now. And that's that to me is my prize, is seeing how angry you are and how you're attacking my hard Gs because you're so mad you lost at this quiz. And I won, and that's something I'm going to have forever. So... <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself produced by me Matt Gorley executive produced by Adam Sachs Joanna Solitaroff and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf theme song by The White Stripes incidental music by Jimmy Vivino our supervising producer is Aaron Blair and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples the show is engineered by Will Becton You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.